Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. Another week of wrestling is upon us and we're building up the WWE Fastlane. You would think, given that it is 316 day today. Oh, worst old cold Steve Owen Preston. What happened there? I <laughs> just stopped talking for some reason. Worst stone cold Steve Austin impression ever, although potentially still better than the Miz's. Yeah, we are like, what, on Tuesday today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, five days away. Didn't know why to do that by counting from WWE Fastlane. And you can just tell that it's an event that has been designed to ensure that the Peacock Network, which of course is where the WWE Network is jumping across to this week, doesn't crash before WrestleMania. Because if it crashes on Fastlane, you're going to get a lot of annoyed folk, but nowhere near the kind of backlash you would get for WrestleMania. And let's face it, every time you get something new like this, it usually goes down. I remember something happening with Ring of Honor uh, outside of wrestling. I remember when GTA Online first went down, they, they took a few weeks before their servers uh, took it. I mean, there's loads. There's absolutely loads of stories of servers just absolutely packing in. So that's why Fastlane exists. It has kind of made the road to WrestleMania more like a loop-de-loop. It's not like the roller coaster to WrestleMania. In the sense, we're going to go over here, then we're here, then we're doing this. I mean, you know, given the last 24 hours, we know that it is going to be Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley just because we had an announcement. But we still have Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre before then, which begs the question, what happens if Sheamus beats Drew McIntyre at uh, Fastlane? Now, I'm going to assume that he wouldn't. But you could also make the... If you wanted to make the claim, well, maybe they're going to do it so that we then do Sheamus versus Drew for the title post-WrestleMania. I could kind of buy into that. But then you really create a hole for yourself. Because, like, one, why wouldn't Sheamus go put me in the WrestleMania main event? I just beat the number one contender. But also, you know, Drew losing that close is just going to ruin that character as well. So, absolutely mad. What I do like about Raw at the moment, and I get this causes some anger out there in the world of the internet but look the fact is the fact raw the past two weeks for whatever reason has been very match heavy and when i tune into my wrestling one of the first things i want to see is matches doesn't mean i don't want skits or segments of promos i want all of those but we know we're going to get those from raw sometimes you don't get matches but on this raw alone and it's the reason i didn't even think this was a particularly good raw from start to finish but i got drew versus the miz which was more than watchable i got ali versus riddle which i thought was good i love the tag team match i love the main event that's four solid matches And there were some bad matches on there too, of course there were. But even like Damian Priest versus uh, Jackson Riker. I've been saying for ages, man, just have Damian Priest kill some dudes. And that's what he did. So when you do that, you can kind of do all the madness like with Braun and Shane. And it doesn't really, well, it doesn't bother me anyway because I just move on because I'm a normal human being. But it certainly affects me less because I got a good few matches. I'm like, okay, well, that was a decent way to spend a, a few hours. Sheamus, especially right now, feels very underrated to me. It's such a shame that he's been moved back into this position when they have no plans to actually utilize him in said position because I think he's on a tear right now and I always think he's been underrated and I think he's moved himself back into that position again. But hey-ho, I'm sure he doesn't mind. You know, the fact he's he's post-40 and still being a featured guy in WWE is quite the accomplishment anyway. So, I mean, looking for... I mean, the fact that as of... I mean, last night there was only three matches announced for Fastlane. I don't... 100% know the official ones that they've put on uh, there now. I'm going to look now. Fastlane 2000. 
21. So officially, we are up to six matches. So they did announce quite a few yesterday, but a lot of them were fast and loose. So we know about Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Ties into SmackDown last week. I like Reginald. I do. I think he's a fun character. I think he's done a great job in sort of cementing himself over these last few weeks. I just wouldn't have him be the focus of your Raw Rumble winner title match. I just wouldn't. I just don't think you need to do it. Like, I was very privileged to be on Talk Wrestling over on Talk Sport last night, and I said the same thing. I'm not saying they're in the same league as these people. Hopefully one day they will be. But when you're building up to The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at any of their WrestleManias, you wouldn't have inserted someone like Crash Holly. That's not like, a, I don't mean that's a diss to Crash Holly, but he was a comedy character more often than not. You just wouldn't have done it. Maybe, you know, like we did stuff with the hurricane, but that wasn't the build to WrestleMania. And I kind of think we have the narrative with Sasha Bianca, which is Sasha is one of the best wrestlers they have, uh, if not in, in the world. And Bianca Belair is this up and comer who's also really good. So, you know, unlike NXT, which often promotes a story of or who's, who's the better wrestler, Raw and SmackDown don't, so you can just go with that. And I don't need to see Nia Jackson, Shayna versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I'm still somewhat convinced that this whole Reginald thing is a ruse and he's still with Carmella and she's going to be inserted back into this mix, which I don't think I particularly need just because we've already done it. But it's, it's, it wasn't that I didn't like the skits that he did on SmackDown, you know, when they went shopping and stuff. I thought it was silly and it made me laugh, but it was just how it kept coming back to this and seeing Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair yell about it. And maybe they do win the tag team championship. I mean, we've done it once before, before WrestleMania with John Cena and Shawn Michaels. And that kind of worked because Shawn Michaels then turned on John Cena the following night, which meant you were able to continue that feud. And then I think John Cena got the win or whatever the hell the next show was, but I can't remember. It was years ago. I think the main reason I don't want to do that is because, well, I've talked about it a thousand times. I think it sullies both championships. Because when you can just have two people vying for one and then you know, four other people vying for another, again, you're just spreading the worth. You know, you, 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 you don't, you don't um, put chains on it. And nobody wants to put chains on things. What was that song? I'm in chains. <laughs> I have no idea why that came into my head. So I'm going to presume that Nia Jackson, Shayna Bay's the win. I really like the return of Oscar on Raw. This is the kind of Oscar that I want. This is the kind of Oscar that I need. This is the kind of thing they should be doing with more wrestlers, right? Not less, more wrestlers. She came across like a warrior. She came across like a crazy person, as she would be. She had her tooth kicked out of her damn mouth. And she went after Shayna Baszler. That's what I liked. As soon as Shayna Baszler was out there on commentary, Oscar was out there to kick her ass. And then later on, they had their match too. The finish, yeah, it was what it was, but at least Oscar won. And I do appreciate WWE trying to protect Shayna Baszler. The only real kind of downer about it was, why couldn't she have beaten up Nia Jax like this and we protected Shayna Baszler? Because Shayna Baszler should be a similar kind of character. Just psycho and mad and beating everybody's ass, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I loved all that. I thought that was awesome. And I actually thought it was quite funny that Nia Jax didn't bother to, <laughs> to help to help Shayna Baszler. But wasn't the match when she came out, wasn't that the Dana Brooke-Mandy Rose versus Naomi Lana match? Which was just like, man, what are we doing? Why doesn't this make any sense? Like, I don't know why Naomi and Lana were paired together to begin with, because they never win. They never win. They've never done anything. I don't even know why they're friends to begin with. And Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke last week were saying that they wanted to go after the women's title, I thought. And Charlotte said that she was going to be the judge, jury, and executioner. That Charlotte isn't on the show and they're in a tag team match. You're like, oh, man, maybe you did mean tag titles. How the hell am I able to keep up with this? Uh, so I'm going to say that Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler win that one. And then we can just sort of give a good three weeks build to Sasha versus Bianca. I have no idea who the hell's going to challenge for the tag team titles. Maybe it is going to be Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and I did get the wrong end of the stick, hence why they won last night. It was absolutely crazy, though. 
Uh, Big E versus Apollo Crews for the IC title. Loved everything they did on SmackDown. Big E comes across like a warrior. Apollo Crews comes across like a warrior. I know some people don't like this new Apollo Crews character, but as I've said before last week, I think it's, it's his idea. If it's his idea and he's a man with Niger- Nigerian roots, I'm absolutely not going to sit here, a bald white guy, and tell him, well, I think this is offensive. I'm absolutely not. I don't get to, I don't get to have that say unless other information comes out. But as of right now, but I like it too. Apollo Crews has always been mega talented, but he needed something else. And this was it. It comes across, you know, like he, he means something now. Like he's got an edge to him. And Big E has found the perfect balance between when to be serious and when to be a, a moron. And it's just fantastic. So I would try and come up with a finish. That means they get to do it again at WrestleMania and have Apollo Crews there because I think the win will be bigger. But I think Big E's going to win. And I think the IC title is going to tie into probably a multi-man match to get more people on the show. I can see Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens all getting involved in that. And you know what? That wouldn't be so bad, even though it's a shame they don't have their own individual programs. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus got announced last week as well, uh, last night as well, as we've already said. I mean, there has to be a reason to do this. What that is, I don't know. Again, the only thing I can think of is that Sheamus wins to give him a future title shot but you can't have drew mcintyre lose three months before wrestlemania and then win the championship i just think it confuses the issue too much and they'll have great matches like who has seen a bad drew mcintyre and sheamus match the answer is no one maybe drew mcintyre and sheamus when they were wrestling over here in front of like nine people then maybe they were quite bad but these days it's not going to happen and it's cool that it's on fast lane but i think it has been sullied a little bit just because we've seen it on raw so now it's a bit like, pfft, uh, you know, it's lost the allure that, that it would have had. But it'd still be good, right? So if you're sitting down to watch three hours of wrestling on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, it's still going to be pretty good. Uh, we'll do Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan first, because that happened on SmackDown 2. Edge or Jey Uso will be the special guest enforcer. Don't really know what a special guest enforcer is, other than a special referee. Why all of a sudden the special guest enforcer has come back, I don't know. But it is a really smart way to continue on that narrative, because WWE has now insinuated massively that Daniel Bryan could sneak his way into this triple threat. And if Edge costs him his shot here... Like, you can't take Edge out of the main event because he's, you know, Raw Rumble guaranteed. You can't take Roman out, champion, you know, guaranteed. So maybe you do put Daniel Bryan in it and it's a way for Roman to hold on to his title because that's what loads of people are saying. They're like, well, how do you beat Edge? Well, is it a good idea to beat Edge? And I actually think it would be. I think you could tell a tragic story. And I think that could even be what ties into the, the next narrative for Edge. Like, I came so far and I you know, came back from a neck injury, but I couldn't win the big one. Like, the title I never lost. I think that's like Shakespearean stuff, not like the level of it, but the way you do sort of the, yeah, just the irony and the the, tra- the tragedy side of it. But now I'm thinking Daniel Bryan gets slipped in there and he'll probably lose, which allows Roman Reigns to hold on to his title, I suppose, and he will pin Daniel Bryan. I don't know, man, it's an interesting scenario. Some people don't like triple threats at WrestleMania. I don't necessarily mind them. But I do understand that you want to see Roman Reigns versus Edge, or I certainly do, especially because I'm going to guess that I'm getting Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan this Sunday. Good thing is that they're all top matches. No matter what direction you go in, you're getting top matches regardless, so I can't get mad at that. Also, I'm loving Jey Uso right now. Wound up crazy, crazy Jey Uso just shouts at people because he's been so manipulated and gaslit for the last six months. I think he's great. He... I can't think of anyone else, and there'll be someone, I'm just not thinking about them, who has been put in a position it's like where you kind of have to reinvent yourself now because you're, you know, your tag team partner and tag team plans we don't have for you, and has smashed it as much as this. So good, so good. But I don't think Roman Reigns is losing his championship, and I presume that Edge will be the, the, the special guest enforcer. Right, the two that 
got announced in the last 24 hours. Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon is an interesting one. I assume that was going to happen at WrestleMania, and I still kind of think it will happen at WrestleMania. So if you want to expect shenanigans on Sunday, you should. This is the other issue with the pay-per-view, is that because we feel like we need to put things on it, we probably are going to do a lot of repeats at WrestleMania, and you don't want repeats at WrestleMania. You want fresh, exciting, upcoming matches. Unless I'm wrong, maybe it turns into a tag team match or there's something else I'm not seeing. I just don't get the skits. I don't get the segments on Raw. And somebody said to me, and I thought this myself, Maybe it's for kids. That's great. If it is for children, that's awesome. But I'm not a kid, so I'm not looking at it through their eyes. I'm looking through it through my eyes. And as far as I can... Why we have to have two segments every week, I don't know. But Braun Strowman wants a match. Seamus, uh, Shane McMahon says they're going to have a match. They're going to have a match sort of, you know, 25, 30 minutes later. And Shane McMahon you know, uses the camera, elbow drops Braun through a table, and then does some hopscotch before all of this. And then has some Nickelodeon ooze, goo, slime... <laughs> pick your word and he pours two of them over braun Strowman's head all in the attempt to convince you that braun Strowman is stupid even if braun Strowman is stupid do you know who else is stupid me <laughs> really stupid so it's not really something i take huge umbrage with it's like all right somebody is stupid that's okay i've got the uh the, the wikipedia match list up here because it's always the easiest place to go and i've just seen that in the build-up section it says shane then began to insult Strowman's intelligence yeah, it's like, well, this is the Strowman that was about to win the tag titles and I listened to Shane and tagged him Adam Pearce. And this is the Braun Strowman who ran around the ring last night when he was beating up Shane McMahon and then got smacked in the head with a camera. So maybe Braun Strowman is a little bit stupid. I would guess that it ends in a DQ and then we, we do a no, you know, a no DQ match at Raymond Jane Stadium and somebody's jumping off something and there's going to be some, you know what Shane McMahon does. And I don't mind Shane McMahon matches. He does put a lot into them. I just don't think I need to see Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Uh, and then we get the intergender match. Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. I kind of think WWE had to do this. I mean, that's where the storyline's been heading. This, the feud, as the Fiend's been off TV, has been between Randy and Alexa. Now, some people on the internet have decided this is going to be a real intergender match. I don't want you to get your hopes up because you're not correct. <laughs> Without wanting to beat around the bush. It's not, uh, it, it's not going to be that. It is going to be... The return of the fiend, right? And and the intrigue and the suspense will be well, what kind of fashion does he return? Like, is he just a pile of ashes? Alexa Bliss seems to think that he now lives in a, a jack in a box because he was he was on the swing next to her. Does he come back as a brand new character? Is he old Bray Wyatt? Is he somebody new completely? And then, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, we build to WrestleMania the fiend versus Randy Orton, probably in some kind of weirdo match. I just I don't want this to be like. The Shane McMahon stuff last night, when, when, when you stalled for as long as they were stalling, you just like, oh man, just get on with it. And I think if we've already worked out that it's not going to be a proper match, I really hope it's not just, you know, wait, 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 wait. Oh, there's Bray Wyatt. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. But it is what they had to do. I'm trying to think of other ways to, to, to describe it, but there's not. It is what they had to do. They've, you know, they, these two have been at odds with each other. And now they have to have a fight. Well, obviously, they're not going to have a fight. So it's a very interesting card, Fastlane. I think the big thing we'll be talking about come Monday will be the return of The Fiend and whether we like it, whether we don't like it, or whether we've 
completely gone down the wrong the wrong path again. I mean, I guess the worry there is you could actually get three no contests because you could get a no contest in Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, or at least shenanigans. You could get shenanigans in Big E versus Apollo Crews if you do want to rerun it at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus probably shouldn't have any. Drew should just win that. And again, shenanigans in Braun Strowman, Shane, and then, yeah, Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. It's a very, very... And I don't know what else are they going to add. Uh, we've done the US title match. I don't think we need to do that again. We did the tag team match. I don't think we need to do that again. IC belt is already on there. Not going to put anyone from NXT on this. It's, it, it's a weird time. But let me know what you think. Get in touch with me. Simon316, Instagram and Twitter. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think Fastlane is getting in the way? Going back to 2016, do you think it's a roadblock? Um, and then while we're here as well, shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting Simon's pro wrestling show. Appreciate them there. And thank you to all my patrons, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 on 316 day. I wouldn't be able to do this show without you. And if one day that implodes, the show is dead. So thank you so much for supporting me as always. And you can check me out on YouTube. Just search for Simon Miller. We've kind of done most of Raw as well. I really like Bobby Lashley as champion. I think Bobby Lashley as champion is, is flipping excellent. And that's because he's been booked as an excellent champion. The whole start to Raw would have been so much better if The Miz hadn't been involved. And that's not an insult to The Miz. I don't mind. I like The Miz a lot. I have so much respect for him. I think he's, he's proven the doubt was wrong. But we've seen so many opening segments with Drew, Morrison, Miz, and Bobby Lashley that now I feel like we should have just shifted The Miz and Morrison to one side. So when they were coming out there, I felt like it elongated it and I, and I didn't need it. But the story that Drew McIntyre brought up that they both had similar journeys to become the WWE champion. You know, got to a certain point, left WWE, had to start again, came back, wins the big one but Lashley did it by kind of you know beating up Drew and then beating the Miz whereas McIntyre beat the end of level boss Drew McIntyre Drew McIntyre can't beat himself it's like mirrored link I beat myself Brock Lesnar that's great because even though Bobby Lashley isn't really a heel or a face at least within the narrative you can say okay Drew the good guy Bobby Lashley the bad guy I'm kind of not 100% sure I even want Bobby Lashley to lose now I think he's such a good champion I think we've done so well with him ever since that it's just one, it's a really, really difficult situation. A good situation to be in. You'd far rather that than there being an overwhelming, obvious victor. So hopefully it means when I do sit down and watch it, I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. And maybe they'll surprise us because we do have two nights of WrestleMania. So there are going to be some title, titles that don't need to change hands. Like if, if the Roman match was going to be the main event and there's only one night, then you could potentially keep it on Bobby Lashley. So it all depends on where they put it on night one. Do you put Sasha and Bianca on as a main event? I think they're certainly worth in that as well. We're also going to get the Miz and, and Mac and, uh, sorry, the Miz and John Morrison taking on Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. I think we've we've hinted at that more and more. I'm completely cool with it. I expect I call it a nonsense match, but that's way too harsh. But you know what I mean. I call it a nonsense match. I always expect them at WrestleMania in some sense, and I think that's the stage to do it on because you're going to draw the most eyeballs to it and hopefully get a bunch of coverage out of it. And it should end with the Miz and John Morrison losing to Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. I know that annoys so many people, but if the goal is to help Bad Bunny, then let's help a Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've said it now. If the goal is to help Damien Priest along, you know, with da with Bad Bunny in his corner, that's what we should be doing. The Miz and John Morrison don't need to win there. I mean, the Miz has done all that he needs to do. Personally, I would like John Morrison to get a proper main event run, but it's out of my hands. So if Damien Priest has a bigger upside right now to management, then yeah, let's do it, which is why I like this quick, you know, quick crazy uh, crazy match that he had on, on Raw when he just beat Jackson Riker. And then we had, you know, the, the Miz hit Bad Bunny with a guitar. <laughs> Lighter than anyone's ever struck somebody with a guitar in wrestling. I respect Bad Bunny's hustle and dedication to the cause. He didn't have to do as much as he could have just turned up and not done at all. But he clearly loves it and he clearly wants to get better at it. So more power to him. And he gave the belt back to the 24-7 title, back to Wild Truth. Usually I would have hate that, hated that stuff. But I thought, 
it was so nice. <laughs> it was so pleasant the way that it was done. I was like, you know what? I'm happy to. I'm happy just to let this one this one slide. I mean, if it's any other championship, you could go nuts. But it's a 24-7 title. What does the 24-7 title even mean? It doesn't mean anything. And we could just retire it now and move our truth into a proper feud. I don't want him to go away. But it, it, you, you can trade that belt. I mean, I remember when Steve Austin just gave the IC belt to The Rock. And the reason that worked is because Stone Cold Steve Austin was on the cusp of, cusp of something else. So people were just happy for it. And The Rock was such a great character, he used that to enhance himself. But the 24-7 title just doesn't have any worth. And I don't like saying that. It was quite a good concept when it first came about because obviously it felt like a hardcore title. But now it's just jumped the shark. It's past its prime. So if you just want to hand it around. And look, it got the 24-7 championship a bunch of, I wouldn't call it mainstream coverage, but a bunch of extra coverage because of SNL. And I don't know if he wore it to the Grammys, but you know, Bad Bunny is still at the Grammys, winning Grammys. You search for Bad Bunny, maybe you end up in WWE. Whether or not that helps viewings and ratings, I don't know. I know he sold a bunch of merchandise, so more power to him. Look at it from the human element. Who the hell would say no to that? Imagine my phone right now and they said, Simon, do you want to have a uh, good couple of months on Raw with a WrestleMania match? Uh, yes. I'm not going to go, well, this is going to piss a bunch of people on the internet off. I don't care about that. I care about taking the opportunity with both hands. So good for Bad Bunny. And hopefully when he is gone, we won't forget that Damian Priest has an upside too. And we make sure we deliver on that. Really love the tag team match between the Hurt Business and the New Day. It is a shame that we never real had one proper feud for Cedric and Shelton. I mean, they just kind of fought Riddle and the Lucha House Party for 72 years. But that's the title scene. Like, I can't hold that against WWE's feelings on that team. They do it with everybody. And you kind of know they do it with everybody because as soon as they had one, and again, I love the New Day's Mortal Kombat stuff, just genius. Omos and AJ Styles are out here and they're like, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to challenge for the titles. I was like, okay, that's that. You're like a flippin' Nora. This is so silly. This is so silly and so stupid. We just don't do builds anymore. People just say things. And, I mean, look at the history with the tag team titles, especially recently. The, obviously, the, the, the stupidest one being, ironically, Braun Strowman and Nicholas, a 10-year-old, which they actually won. Now, I love that because it went so far the other way. I couldn't. I was, just, I was laughing so much. I was like, man, this has brought so much joy to my life. How can I ever get mad about it? And there is a lot of worth to this one as well. I think the New Day could have a good match with a broom. AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers ever, so he's not going to drop the ball. And I've wanted to see Omos in a ring for a good month now. So this is, like, I like it as a WrestleMania match. I just think it sucks the way that it's been. That sucks. That's too strong. It's just such a shame that we weren't allowed to give it a bit more oomph so you could buy into it. But yeah, the match itself, like I say, I didn't think the New Day would win. I hope this doesn't mean that Cedric Alexander and uh, Shelton Benjamin just end up in a battle royal. I think they've done stellar work. And I also think seeing that picture of the uh, the Hurt Business with all the titles was awesome. But they do seem to have kind of divided them up a little bit now. Like MVP and, and Bobby are hanging out by themselves. But yeah, I, I hope they don't get forgotten about because I think they've done a great job. And you know, ultimately, the, the same way that we may do Bobby Lassie and Drew McIntyre for a few months... Maybe the Hurt Business can work their way back into this, you know, they, they only add to the scene, but they can't do anything if they vanish. Uh, Rhea Ripley may one day turn up on Raw. We had another coming soon video. I mean, it could be 2041, <laughs> by the WWE's definition of coming soon. I mean, it, clearly it's going to be after Mania, I think. I don't know. I, I, I'm massively, uh, massively confused. And then, yeah, we had the Oscar Shayna match, which was awesome, with Oscar trying to get revenge at the end by slamming <laughs> slamming Shayna Baszler's head into the bottom turnbuckle. It was the opening, however long it was, minute that did it for me. 
you know, I think she hit Nia Jax with a code breaker, just completely ran through Shayna. It's like, this is the Oscar that I want. And if you've never watched wrestling before and you see this person, like she's so quirky in a positive way and she stands out so much. that when she's also a badass too, how could you not go, man, I just want to root for this person. And I think sometimes we move far too away from that because, well, oh, we can't do that. Of course we can do that. That's what you should be doing with everyone that walks in the place and then see who hits more than others and then tweak them afterwards. But we don't. We we bring them up sometimes from the bottom and then they have to prove themselves and that never works. I enjoyed Ali versus Riddle. A few more a few more minutes I think would have been awesome. Uh, it's a shame that it ended in a distraction after T-Bar or Flapjack, Phonebox, wherever his name is, you know, kind of caused Mustafa Ali to lose. It's a real, I don't want to say it sucks, but I like Retribution a lot in terms of like everybody that's in it. If you go through it man for man and Mia Yim too, I could probably add another woman. I mean, I wouldn't because it's just, we had another woman. Obviously, she went back to, to NXT, but there, there is something to this. It's just they're, they're rubbish in terms of it within the story, right? They never win. They screw each other over. Mustafa Ali, Ali yells at them, but <laughs> it doesn't even help. I don't know whether you run this back at Fastlane or WrestleMania. I thought it was going to be a WrestleMania match, but the United States Championship was on the line. You could, I mean, knowing WWE and how they, because they have the two match card this year the two night card and given how they do sometimes like to do like for like on on raw and smackdown i can imagine we'll have riddle ali maybe you put t-bar in there and a couple of other guys uh for the u.s ones you have a multi-man match and then you do the same for the intercontinental one i can certainly see it and then yeah finish with bobby lashley versus sheamus which is just a great match kick the crap out of each other made sure that drew mcintyre was standing tall at the end after booting bobby lashley in the face that makes sense really funny when in his match with the miz i think it was drew mcintyre was clearly sticking to this idea that you can't slap your leg which is a new edict and it was one of the not the worst claymores but it lacked the same impact but the one he gave at the end of the night he just did it and it was so much better so maybe that should be on a case-by-case basis just <laughs> just saying maybe we uh maybe we jumped in a little bit too quickly with that one but look, i thought raw it, it wasn't great and there's issues certainly because of um uh what'd you call it uh fast lane but i get why it's there it's fun you know, we get to do um, uh, the ups and downs. So we, we can have a laugh with it. It was also AEW Dark Ele- Elevation last night. It also had the debut of Paul White on commentary. I thought he was decent. I mean, you probably if you've looked for it, you will. Um, he kind of dropped a few insider terms, which don't bother me. I mean, you know, you've got to give him time to adjust to that stuff. But I will say, when he, I think at one point he said so-and-so selling the knee. So <laughs> we probably... You probably shouldn't say that, but let the man adjust. I thought he did a great job. It was nice hearing a familiar voice too. Otherwise, just really, I I mean, it's just dark, I presume, on a different night. I'm not 100% sure. I get, you know, it's obviously with the bigger focus on the younger guys. That's kind of what dark was too. But Jungle Boy defeated Danny Limelight. You know, I've talked to Danny Limelight. Guy completely gets it and Jungle Boy is a star in the making. Mira and Kip Sabian beat Baron Black and Very Morales. Again, very easy to watch match. Big Scott, Big Swole defeated Skylar Moore. Really nice to see Big Swole back because she's been dealing with Crohn's disease. QT Marshall defeated Marco Stunt and some of the moves in this. This is why when people go, oh, Marco Stunt shouldn't be a wrestler. Yeah, but look what other dudes can do to him. It's very, very entertaining. Uh, Ty Conte defeated Ashley Fox. Also decent and minus one or negative one was with Ty Conte. And I just love that guy or that kid, whatever you want to say. Uh, Matt and Mike Seidel defeated Joe Nelson and Royce Isaacs. We don't need to go through all of these. I mean, the big one you you need to know is that we're going to do a a Matt Seidel, Kenny Omega match in a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, And this was the big, we should talk about this. This was the big thing that people went nuts about because Tony Khan came out and made this match. And everybody was like, oh, it's unbelievable. Tony Khan said he's never going to do it. I don't want to see 
Uh, you know, I don't want to see uh, another raw general manager, blah, blah, whatever the hell it was. But I mean, come on, it's one appearance. And does it really matter? I don't care. Tony Khan wants to come out of his show every flipping day and take up two hours. All right, I just stop watching it. I mean, I won't because my job. But, you know, you take my point. I just, these things don't bother me. If you want to talk about it from a critical point of view, constructive wise, like how it's not beneficial to AEW, then sure, man, absolutely. But <laughs> people are so mad. I can't believe Tony Khan. Worst promo. It's his show. He can do whatever he wanted. Do not pretend that you wouldn't have somewhat of an ego. That if you're, I'm not saying this is what he did, but I mean in general. Talk about myself, right? If I had my own professional wrestling show and I'm a lifetime wrestling fan, Every now and then I'd be like, man, I'll go on a show. Because <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's like if I somehow owned the Batman license. Simon, who shall we cast as Batman this year in the movie? Me. But you don't act. Shut up. I own Batman, Mother Hubbard. Put me in the role. Because you've got to take these things and you've got to enjoy them. Uh, Molly Holly also got inducted into the Hall of Fame or will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's weird what they're doing with the Hall of Fame this year. I don't understand why we couldn't have just rerun last year's and then held off next year's till next year because we are going to run out of people eventually because wwe i don't mean this disrespectfully but they put a lot of people in it's not like some hall of fames do one or two you get kind of eight to ten with wwe but that's what they're doing and i do think molly holly is deserving again always some naysayers naysayers out there molly holly was sort of like an anchor as the women's division was i want to call it a mess that's not fair but you know when they were doing the less wrestling more scantily clad stuff and Molly Holly, I well, I like Molly Holly. I think she was under, underutilized and underrated. So I think she's she deserves a nod. And talking about WrestleMania, actually, they held off tickets. Tickets were meant to go on sale today. It sounded like they were going to sell forty or aim to sell forty five thousand one night, forty five thousand another night. And then a whole bunch of other stuff has come into it. Like UFC came out and said, oh, no, we're going to sell out an entire show. So some people are like, oh, no, WWE is going to sell more. I actually buy into, I think it was Brian Alvarez that tweeted it out or, or something. Um, you know, Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer said that he thinks they're going to get through Fastlane, establish a card for both nights. So, you know, Drew will be on night one and so-and-so will be on night two. So you actually know what you're buying tickets for. And otherwise, they're worried that no one's going to buy a ticket because like, well, I'm a New Day fan, but I don't know what day they're going to be on. That sounds very smart to me. So again, why they didn't come up with this before, I don't know. But that's <laughs> that's WWE for you. It just comes out of nowhere. Uh, Layla Hirsch has also signed with AEW, more than deserved. Layla Hirsch is a uh, brilliant. I mean, she's got something about her. She's just like, one of the most unique wrestlers I've seen in ages. So, you know, I think that's... I think that's really good. And no spoilers, obviously, but I think that it must be. The Dynamite Tomorrow must have been a taped show. And everyone is raving about this uh, unsanctioned, no lights, uh, lights out, uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker match. Everyone is saying it's really good. So I'm very excited to see that. Obviously, the first main event in AW history headlined by the women. And that's never a bad thing, ever. We should normalize that as soon as we possibly can. And we haven't talked about AEW for last week, too. I thought it was an awesome show. I thought coming off the pay-per-view, they did an absolutely brilliant job. Uh, the new Four Horsemen, or whatever we're going to call them, the new group with uh, MJF. I, I loved that angle to finish the show. Uh, I was completely wrong with my predictions, but I don't care. So well executed. You, you, I'll never be able to have enough factions because you would do that in 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 warfare <laughs> you would try and get as many factions as possible so that was awesome i'm looking forward to cody versus penta i think that, again another great match right there i thought aew did a brilliant job with how they dealt with the screw up at the end of revolution you know having eddie kingston and john moxley now as a tag team allows them to do that and the way they were mucking around with it and talking about it and tying it into their own realities the Kenny Omega and Don Gallis stuff in the ring. If you've seen it, if you've seen it, if you haven't, you should go out of your way. I mean, 
I imagine they were really upset and they were really pissed off. And obviously they had a lot of people saying stuff, as you have to in this kind of, you have to expect it in this kind of environment. But I thought they dealt with it very, very well. And I'm sure they'll never make that same mistake again. Do I think we could do another match in a year like that and try again? Yes. Do I think it's massively risky? Yes. But I know what I'm like and I would want to, I would want to put that, to bed is that the right word i think that's the right word but you know what i mean i would want to get to the point like okay we had one bad we had one good if you want to risk it for a third one okay but i wouldn't i would just leave it there and you know count your lucky chickens and and leg it to somewhere else but look i just those things just don't bother me if it was you know intentional things bother me nobody when they went to set up the pyrotechnics for AEW, i can't i want this to fail because that you know (laughs) i want to i want to piss off the fans (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just happens don't worry about it go worry about a real problem like i don't know money or relationship <laughs> no, i'm joking i hope you worry about nothing i hope it's all just peaches and cream and you're the happiest person ever i'm also sick and tired this is just a random rant now i'm also sick and tired of people moaning about the whole christian thing at revolution 2 it's still somehow going on obviously it's less now because it's always a law of diminishing returns people get mad and they get mad about something else but like for years, we've all gone, Christian's underrated, Christian's underutilized, we should use Christian better. Oh my gosh, he's brilliant. Christian, Christian, Christian. And then AEW decides, okay, cool, what we're going to do is we're going to announce you out the gate as a Hall of Famer, a legend, the best signing ever. Oh my gosh, can't believe you're going to change the game. We go, we shouldn't do that for Christian. So you can't do, you can't win. You cannot win. Either Christian has to be announced like he's some kind of crap, or, or we've gone too high with him. And I get it. You could say, well, why couldn't we have gone somewhere in the middle? Well, you can't announce somewhere in the middle. You can't go, guys, we've got this really cool signing. It's an average dude. That's not going to do anything. And people say, oh, you shouldn't announce it at all. Like, you know, under promise and over deliver. But no, I think given the career that he's had and given that he has always had this stigma attached to him, I have decided I really like that we put him on a pedestal. I am happy that we put Christian on a pedestal. Even if you don't think he deserves it now, at one point he definitely did and he never got his due. And he didn't have a bad run in WWE. You know, a part of some of the best matches ever was a world champion. I mean, dubious world champion, given that he won one of his titles with it being punched or kicked in the balls by Randy Orton, which is a great finish, by the way. But once again, you take my point, Steve Austin would never have won a, won a title like that. But I just, I don't get it. I, the man finally gets his due and we're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. Absolutely rubbish. Um, also, I, I mentioned it's Stone Cold Day. That means it's been a year of uh, non-crowd roars because I'm pretty sure the first one was 3-6 day when Austin gave the stunner to Byron Saxton, which was a surreal segment. Looking back now, I think I gave, I didn't give it a down. I probably should have done, but I felt so out of my element because I don't know how to deal with this. There's, <laughs> there's just a bunch of, bunch of people in a ring making some noise and Stone Cold Steve Austin is clearly shocked by the silence. It's crazy that it's been 12 months. And now, I've, you know, it's been this case for a while, but AEW has had way more many pandemic shows than they have real shows. Because obviously they started in October 2019 and then come March 2020, that's it, close your doors. So the fact they've been able to do that, I think has been tremendous. I mean, taking the health and safety stuff out of it, which is still an issue because there was a breakout in NXT recently. But talking about what we did with storylines and characters and how we kept wrestling going, I think everyone has done a pretty damn good job. I mean, AEW has managed to continue on its stories. WWE, once they found their feet, basically recreated their own experience. Okay, still the same old problems but they're the same old problems it must have been an absolute stress an absolute uh uh, real pressure to try and figure out okay well how do we and what do people want when we don't have real fans but we kind of just used to it now and when fans do get back in the building hopefully it feels like this incredible life affirming and changing event and then we can take that up to another you know another level as well and people will come back in droves and and so on and so forth so 
I'm intrigued about Fastlane. I imagine we're going to get a couple more matches added to it because that's what WWE likes to do. I'll be happy when it's next Monday because I think WWE's at its best when they're just focusing on WrestleMania. And I think, again, they do have a Get Let Joe free card here because of the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And it's the WrestleMania bringing back fans two nights. But absolutely next year. When we're back to one night, let's not have this fast lane in the way. Let's get the Royal Rumble done. Let's get the Elimination Chamber done or whatever we're going to do in February. And then just clean sailing to Mania. It's much more fun. It allows you to make the announcements much earlier. It allows you to big up the matches earlier. Again, one of the criticisms is, oh, you know, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley doesn't feel like a big, uh, a big enough match. And I disagree. I think it can do. We just need to make sure that we tell that story and give it time to have a file under its ass. And at the moment, Fastlane's kind of getting in a way. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing NXT from last week. I did see Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Both, I mean, Adam Cole is brilliant. But Finn Balor, probably because he's got a few years on Adam Cole and because there's always kind of another conversation around Finn. Finn Balor is, is just a phenomenal professional wrestler. And whether you like him or you hate him, in terms of what he does in between the ropes, he's somebody that if you are an aspiring wrestler, just watch him and just try and learn from him. Because my word, to be that good in the squared circle takes a hell of a lot of just natural born talent, but a hell of a lot of work too. So I'd be happy when this NXT run was over, if we're going to treat him properly, to move him back to Raw and SmackDown and you know get him back to the top of the card. Because he can wrestle anyone. He can absolutely wrestle any, anyone and... I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I don't think, I'm, well, let me rephrase that. After that whole thing that happened with the first Universal Championship, I'm worried that WWE will never actually give him his proper Drew. Drew? Jew. Which is just crazy to me because I think he's so good. And on that note, we'll answer some questions. And we'll start with Jordan Said, my old wrestling uh, nemesis and enemy, who says, do you prefer herbal essences or head and shoulders? Because he's a very, very funny man. And he's terrified that when we do get back in a wrestling ring, that I'm going to kick his ass, which I absolutely am going to do, Jordan. Also, last time we fought, you screwed me over. So, and you use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And that doesn't go down on my watch. Uh, moving on to Aaron. He says, good day. Whatever time of day it is simon given mr mcmahon's well-known ego do you think it's possible that he might be scared subconsciously of stepping down seeing the creative product improve without him thus proving the critics who suggest he is the biggest issue with wwe no i don't think that at all because i think deep down vince mcmahon is a businessman about making money and as we always talk about right now wwe is making more money than they ever have done so he will consider himself a massive success Also, there are some people that actually think WWE is very good creatively. Sometimes I think it is, and sometimes I think it isn't. So I know that there is a a large portion of people that think that WWE kind of sucks, but they are making a ton of cash. And also, SmackDown's a pretty good show. So it depends how you want to look at it. But no, I don't think Vince... I think when you are that successful, you don't have those kind of worries. You trust in yourself and you trust in your own uh, own beliefs. Uh, Tom Talks Rubbish, make sure you check out his YouTube channel, says, which faction do you think will hold the gold first, the Inner Circle or MJF's group? Well, the Inner Circle feel more established than MJF's group. So I would try, if possible, to, yeah, start getting them some gold, getting the TNT title in there would be good, maybe the tag team titles. You know, you want to make sure they feel like a force. So I had to pick one, I would go with the MJF's group, whatever they may be called. Uh, Daytona says, have you thought of using positive peak as a positive Pete as a gimmick? No, but that doesn't mean I'd be adverse to it, man. I'll do anything in wrestling if it's fun and it's happy and it makes people feel warm and fuzzy in the tum tum. That's what, uh, that's what it's all about. So yeah, why the hell not? If the people want it, you got to give it to them. 
Uh, Dan says, Roman is the head of the table, so when he is wearing gym gear, it doesn't scream head of the table. For me, he should maybe wear a suit or traditional Simone clothes. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I mean, don't forget, the reason that wrestlers wear their merchandise is because they want to sell their merchandise. They're a walking advert, so that's why they'll do it. So I'm not too fussed about that. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Maybe that's somewhere the character could go, because Roman's talked about changing his music up, so maybe we'll uh, uh, we'll do that soon. Uh, Zethus says, what's your favorite finisher in the female division? Uh, well, I like the Kirafuda Clutch by Shayna Baszler, because she's so legit. Same with the Oscar Lock, same reason. Banks, they've lost submissions in the... In the uh, in in the women's division, which is good, it's always good to have a good submission. I'm trying to think, the one that Victoria used to do way back in the day was really good. Was it called Angels Wings? I can't remember. Um, KOD's good as well. I think I will go with the Kirafuda Clutch because it feels legit. That means you can buy into it. Justin says, "I have a question. Why does the WWE think Shane O'Mac is a draw? How many times do we have to see the sweat machine jump off the top turnbuckle or the top of a cage with a flying elbow through a big man? Well, his father does for obvious reasons. And also, I think we have to remember: if we were in Shane McMahon's position, wouldn't we be doing the same?" Like, you know, I'm just trying to be honest. If I was Vince McMahon's son and I knew I could have a match at WrestleMania every year, I'm 100% doing it. I don't mind Shane McMahon. I just don't particularly like this feud. And as we all know, when he was on TV way too much a couple of years ago, it did get a little bit ridiculous. But I think he, I think he's entertaining enough. And I didn't expect much from Braun Strowman at WrestleMania to begin with, so I don't have much of a problem with it. Uh, Coulter says, I haven't watched much of the Attitude Era, and I'm amazed by the way it is idolized. There's a lot that puts me off about it, and your opinion did the attitude era actually have better long-term booking storytelling than modern wwe or has nostalgia elevated its status now i think when it comes to the attitude era a you've got the crowd right and you've got the uh, the success the popularity the atmosphere the aura that's always going to help but if it wasn't for the main event scene the attitude era is pretty crap like i actually think the wwe not necessarily better now but is a I can't think of the right word. It's better is not fair. It's, it's, it's certainly not better. But there are things that we did in the Attitude Era that we shouldn't have done then and would have been rightfully kicked the crap out of if then you didn't have an amazing segment with Austin, Triple H, The Rock, uh, Mankind, you know, whoever. Pick, pick, your, pick your Attitude Era wrestler of choice. And it did have a pretty badass mid-card too. I mean, Edge, Jeff Hardy, Christian, you know, the Dudleys, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. We go on and on and on. So there was a reason it was so good. But May Young giving birth to a hand numerous sexual things which personally i think are too awful to even try and get back through and a ton of stuff so it's certainly pushed forward by nostalgia but i think if raw went back to being a two-hour show and we were a bit more succinct with our storylines and we had a bit more faith in long-term storytelling i think you could make the argument especially from an in-ring point of view that it is better now i mean we, we laugh about false finishes and count outs and dqs and distractions no attitude era match has a clean finish none go more than two and a half minutes but it worked at the time so it's difficult to uh to now you should always be able to criticize these things but i understand the love and hey i was part of it the gentleman baker says not a question but can you say hi to my best mate dan shaw we love your ups and downs and your podcast hello to dan shaw dan i hope you're having a great day and thank you very much for listening to my stupid voice it, it means it's my job so without you i would be screwed adam says who is your ultimate pick for the 2022 hall of fame and why is it our truth well the only reason i wouldn't put our truth in is because he hasn't retired so i always always think it's nicer when we do wait for someone to retire but i hope he does go in the man is great robert says how is pro wrestling style grappling trained do you all just do 
uh, judo jiu-jitsu classes and then just tone it back in the ring. How do traveling wrestlers train it, thinking WWE or indie workhorses? Are there sessions before shows or do they just connect with local schools? Well, no, you train before you get to that kind of a level. Like, you shouldn't be doing indie shows before you're, you know, got the, 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 the necessary knowledge. But, um, I mean, it, no, you just get taught how to grapple and you get taught how to do chain wrestling. I mean, I was talking to somebody in the wrestling community this morning about when we can go back and training, how I need to work on my technical and my chain wrestling because it's not very good. And so it's like anything, it's like playing a guitar. You just do the chords over and over again until they start to make sense and until it starts to work for your brain. And then you practice, practice, practice. And then you do that again when you are in the ring and having wrestling matches because it's always different when you try it out in a, in a real world environment and you go from there. It's the equivalent of any kind of skill. You've just got to be dedicated to it and hope that you have some kind of knack otherwise you've got to work even harder uh claire says why why in your opinion have wwe pulled the sale of wrestlemania tickets for now kind of what we said earlier i think they want to announce night by night who's going to be there and uh they're probably you know, selling ninety thousand tickets for over both nights is quite the uh, task even though it is wrestlemania given that a lot of people can't uh, get into the building uh, into the country i should say so uh, we will have to wait and see but that would be my guess uh oregano says hey man Bilal here huge fan of the podcast thanks dude just wanted to ask your top five favorite matches of 2020 you can't pick cinematic matches well we're gonna have to type in best wrestling matches of 2020 because there's no way my brain is gonna remember that that's not how i work <laughs> i watch so much wrestling that it would almost be impossible i mean the revolution tag match will absolutely be in there hangman page and kenny omega versus the young bucks that was revolution last year, right? It's so hard to tell in the pandemic era because everything kind of blurs into one, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. I'd also put Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in there. I'm, I'm looking, I'm sort of looking into the into the ether trying to figure out if that was, it feels like it was last year. It feels like it was in an empty arena for the IC title, right? <laughs> I think that's correct. I'm just guessing now. So I'd put that in there. Uh, not allowed to say stadium stampede because I think we're including that as a cinematic match and that was fun. See, this is now when I've got to get my brain work. There's probably some amazing New Japan matches that I've completely forgotten about, but because mostly my um, my ups and downs will be focused on WWE and AEW and other matches like that, that's where I'll go. Let me look through this list quickly. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. This is good podcasting, isn't it? A man reading reading the internet. I can't choose that one either because it's cinematic. The street fight between the best friends and Santana Ortiz. That was awesome. I loved that. Five stars in the Wrestling Observer. Walter versus ER Dragonov. Absolutely that one. So that's three, I think. I don't know. Kenny Omega versus Pac back in February. Yep, that one too. This list is good. It's just choosing me. So what's that? Three or four? I think that's four. We're going to say it's all four. And you could say Akada versus Ibushi at the start of 2020 as well. Is there anything else? Otherwise, I'd probably say that. that match is pretty damn good. Yeah, let's do that because then we've kind of run the gambit with things. I'm saying that. and Those questions I need to put more, more effort into. All-knowing hippie says, did you watch Elevation? And if so, what did you think of it? I hasn't as of yet. Uh, trying to get any kind of resting in in the early part of the week, aside from what I already watch, is difficult. But I always will. I love any kind of quote-unquote developmental show. It's, it's the best to see the up-and-coming wrestlers. So absolutely, I'll be doing it. Uh, Terrence, who do you see in AEW, NXT, and Maycard WWE as underutilized? One person from each that isn't necessarily being used, but you see as having future champion potential. Well, I put in terms of champion potential, Cesaro, but I'd also say Chad Gable, although he doesn't necessarily need to be a world champion, but he's certainly underutilized. Um, so that would be WWE. Down in NXT, no one's really underutilized. Most people get their due. I think Leon Ruff is in for a really good ride. I mean, he's doing less of the comedy stuff, but I think once he finds his feet, I think he's going to be great. And in AEW, 
underutilized. I mean, no one's really underutilizing AEW either. Who doesn't really get on TV much at the moment just because it's hard? I don't know, but I tell you who's not underutilized, but I think Max Caster is going to be huge. I love that guy. The fact that he's taken a gimmick that was so synonymous with one of the best wrestlers ever and has completely made it his own, just fantastic. Your favorite Corey says, do you think you'll find yourself on the commentary team again? I don't know what that means, but if somebody wants me to do commentary, I would do it. I love all that stuff. I think it's really fun. Uh, Bruce says, if a good wrestling game came out, could it get esports level popular? I don't see why not. It would be tough because that scene gets more competitive each day in, day out. But yeah, if there was, if it gets popular enough and, and, and you could have competitive matches, sure. Why the hell not? It would be difficult, but yes. Michael Gray, Rico, Simon Dean, the boogeyman, who was the best character? Oh, Simon Dean, the fitness guy. I loved that. I sometimes feel like I was the only person in the world that loved it, but I absolutely loved it. So good. So funny. So dumb. Hareen, who of course is giving us her daily proclamation for the love of Kenny Maker. I like this, Hareen. We're going to do it every week. I just want to say that as a black woman, I am so happy to see people that look like me are in contention for titles, i.e. Sasha, Bianca, Lashley, Biggie, Apollo Crews, The Hurt Business. It makes my heart smile. Couldn't, it couldn't have been said any better. You know, having these kind of heroes to look up to, no matter what your background is, is so essential. Like, it really, really is. Because you want to be able to look at them and think, wow, I could do that. Or that could be me. Or, you know, I'm seeing somebody that looks like me that gives me hope and excitement and positivity. And... It's, it's why, you know, the Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair feud should just be these two going at it. Two incredible wrestlers having a fight. I don't think you need anything more than that. It's why Bobby Lashley as champion is long overdue. I mean, we should have had way more many black world champions in WWE by now. But, you know, let's hopefully we can change that going forward. Big E, I mean, there's a guy right there who should be world champion next year at the latest. Uh, Apollo Crews has finally found his, his feet in the Hurt Business, the best group in the entire WWE. So, no, you know, representation is massively important. And it's good that at the moment WWE we is pushing forward with that all companies should be pushing forward with that doesn't matter if you're you know straight gay black white uh asian jewish uh transgender whatever it is there should be somebody in wrestling for you to look up to and not just because oh they're the you know they're the homosexual guy or they're the yeah the transgender guy no that's not that's not the point they should just be there wrestling and they just so happen to be a homosexual or a transgender or a jewish person or a christian person or a black person or a white person whatever it is and you can look up to them to respect them or you can think they suck because of their wrestling skills and their characters that's what we need to get to when it comes to wrestling and the more inclusivity the better <laughs> phil says how bad is biggie gonna beat you at nba 2k20 bad phil real bad make sure everyone go follow phil at phil my chambers obviously from what culture and yes of course tonight 8 p.m uh, gmt 4 p.m et me and biggie go at it at nba 2k20 but don't worry about that worry about the fact that you can answer a bunch of questions and you can support his project ourheroesrock.org uh, he's doing a, like an animated series that ties into the last question that is trying to shine a spotlight on black heroes that don't get the popular the popularity get the publicization that's not a word they don't get talked about enough is the point and biggie being the damn good human being he is is trying to shine a spotlight on that so make sure you join us later and make sure you check out his kickstarter i think it's a kickstarter it's something like that crowdfunding uh snob key says how come every time i try and do a fitness thing it always works not and I'm video gaming right or sleeping eating also. 
<laughs> I don't know what that means. Tommy Connor says, what's your favorite style of ring wear? Singlet, short trunks, MMA shorts, long tights, etc." Well, I like the biker shorts, but in terms of me actually wrestling, always the singlet because it can cover up my body. I tell you, man, there is nothing fun, no matter how good shape you think you're in. It is pretty damn intimidating to walk out in front of a bunch of people in your underwear. It really is. And it's something I have to build up again. I kind of got into a, a momentum with it sort of before wrestling stopped, but now it's going again terrifying uh doc says has fandom gone nuts for anyone likely for lately like they have for maki ito she's great by the way keep up the good work man thanks yeah she's awesome it makes me so mad and it shouldn't do people go oh maki or you know maki ito does this and she's really good but she's crap in the ring oh, who cares who cares i don't think she's crap in the ring like her yes her microphone shots on dynamite were absolutely abysmal but who cares we all know what the deal is why do we have to get mad about this stuff why can't we just focus on the fact that she has something and she's very entertaining there's a thousand people out there that can work really good matches but only one person i know of in wrestling that can do some weird falling over headbutt and have me crack up like when she started singing i was like i hate this i hate it and then by the end of it just crying tears of laughter brilliant that's what i want win me over it's not really the same but that's kind of what eddie guerrero did like and i know the rhetoric now is everybody loved eddie guerrero but they didn't eddie guerrero won people over and he won people over being so damn entertaining now of course he was one of the best workers in history too but i'm all for those kind of people that can use their character to get over in wrestling and then if they can only have subpar matches well you know what the next match is probably going to be a five-star classic because everyone's having five-star classics nowadays uh, but yeah she's great she's really really good uh, the lander says hey simon love the podcast i just discovered your fitness youtube channel as i get back into the gym well that's awesome and you can do that too just search for Simon Miller on YouTube if you could name a new lift or exercise after a wrestler who would it be and why we want to be someone who's jacked who's the most jacked guy in wrestling right now it'd be Bobby Lashley I presume who's more jacked than Bobby Lashley I can't think of anyone so it's Bobby Lashley and you need to do a lift does anything rhyme with Bob or Lash or E <laughs> or B so you could do the B Bobby building Bobby building the Bobby building bicep curl thanks brain no idea where that came from Dan Learhoff why are there no female stables in WWE if you had to build one with today's wrestlers who would you put in the group and what's their name that's a great point Dan there should be that's just a stupid oversight by a lot of people in wrestling that sometimes you know when it comes to the women's division you get the women's segment as opposed to actually having it being a living breathing division it's a very very good point and if I was going to have one, oh, so Impact has one. Impact has a couple, actually. So let's not, you know, forget Impact. Because Impact has Susan, Kimberly, and Deanna Parazzo. And they have Jordan, Grace, and Jazz. Not really a faction, more of a tag team. Um, but those three, you know, they, that definitely counts. I swear there's another one as well. I can't think of one. But that counts as a faction, but there should still be more. I would take Bailey, because I love Bailey. And I would take Britt Baker. You see where I'm going with this now? I didn't. I've just made it up. Britt Baker, Bailey. And we've got to have two more. Who's brilliant and also an idiot? Susan. <laughs> she gets because she's brilliant and an idiot. And the last one would be Makiito. See, imagine the comedy be through the through the wall. Everybody would hate it. Dan says, Daniel Bryan versus Edge at Mania or Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at Mania or maybe something else. I'm going triple threat. I think we found a way to get out of it and keep the, the title on Roman as we've... Uh, we mentioned earlier chris if you could add another member to the new day who would you add i think i'd add cedric alexander but replace him in the hurt business with apollo dude that's not a bad shout uh, i wouldn't add anyone else to the new day because i feel like it would be doing it for the sake of doing it you can almost feel the relationship they have and i hope we don't break up the hurt business i like i think we should add to the hurt business i think it was kind of crazy we took the titles off them because it looked so good but we'll wait and see we'll see what cedric and shelton benjamin do now 
Hammer, do you think they missed the chance of turning Oscar uh, heel? Do you think they missed the chance of turning Oscar is... Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Chazzy says, who would you most like to see get a push on the current WWE roster? Um, Alistair Black, Angel Garza, uh, Otis, a proper one, Chad Gable, Cesaro, although he's kind of getting one, so we'll move him to one side. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. Jinder Mahal. Not that Jinder Mahal. From all the S.H.I.E.L.D. members, John Moxley had the best crowd reaction for the longest period of time. Why do you think WWE still persisted with making him an upper mid-carder? Well, he was the champion for a while. Like, I don't think Dean Ambrose's run in WWE was terrible and until we got towards the end and you're shoving... His heel run was abysmal. They just had bigger plans for Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And that always happens time and time again. You do get placed in WWE. Um, you know, there's an amazing story of the Rusev Day story, right? When we didn't pull the trigger because they didn't want to. And it's their company and they're allowed to do it. And we're allowed to sit here and say how nuts it all is. Uh, Timothy says, hey, Simon, I hope you have a wonderful day and you're super good. And you, man. Thank you very much. If AEW would do a second TV show, should they do a brand split? And if AEW would make another championship, what title and what division? Actually, you know what? I think if you're going to make another title, it should probably be in the women's division because that would give you an impetus to actually feature them a bit more. So I'm going to say that. And I don't mind AEW doing a brand split. Now, I don't want them to, and I don't think they should. But I don't mind anyone doing a brand split as long as you stick to the brand split. Like, that's where WWE fell down by not doing it. So if they were going to do it, as long as they come up with a bunch of rules and restrictions and they keep to them, that will be fine. If they don't, it will be pointless. And that's what happened to WWE's ones, very sadly. Uh, Topher says, would you replace Fastlane as a pay-per-view with something else or just leave a gap and let them build WrestleMania? Absolutely a gap. And we usually have a gap after Elimination Chamber. And once more, I get why they're doing it. They need to test out the servers, but it doesn't make for, for good... It's not bad storytelling. It just gets in the way, right? It gets in the way. Avi says, Hey, Simon, there are no title matches from Raw on Fastlane. The most interesting match from Raw is Drew versus Sheamus, and we are getting Braun versus Shane. They could have given Oscar a title match, given her a tour was awesome instead of Shane versus Braun. What do you think? Well, you could have both. You could do Oscar versus Shane or someone for the title and still do Shane versus Braun. Do not be surprised if Shane versus Braun ends in shenanigans and they go at it again at WrestleMania. I would not count that out. Free the Elite says, Who do you think the next AEW tag team champions are going to be great question somebody in mgf's group i suppose so ftr they need gold so let's go with that one joshua says it's stone cold day happy 316 it was yesterday half of this podcast was recorded yesterday half of it is being recorded in the wee hours of thursday uh wednesday life is just life let's not talk about it what is the best stone cold moment well my favorite stone cold moment is twofold it all comes down to the stone cold pop uh when he came out to save the uh, WWF when Team Alliance was beating them up when we need the old Stone Cold that still gives me shivers and the same thing January 1999 when Mankind won the the world title and he comes out then it's just those two pops just I could watch them until the day I die and it'd be pretty damn good uh, the cult of personality says do you think WWE would benefit from going back to the old pay-per-view format at the original brand split one pay-per-view per month for each brand no <laughs> no I hated that that was too many pay-per-views it got to the point where they felt so nothing no I would get rid of pay-per-views I would go down to eight pay-per-views a year and they won't because they're a content creator these days but no I never I, I never need more pay-per-views in my life all companies have too many other than AEW a four year and I think that's perfect uh, Carl Warner says, your main eventing Dynamite. Awesome. You're in a six-man against Kenny and the Good Brothers. Who are your two partners? Miro, straight away, and Cody Rhodes. Because imagine that. <laughs> How did I get into that? How did I sneak in? 
Uh, so we have another question about Oscar going heel. This one's from Tom. And this one I can actually decipher. Uh, no, I don't think we see Hill Oscar in the coming future. I just want psycho crazy Oscar. It makes it even more likable. So I hope we just um, we just stick with that. Timo says, is Randy versus Alexa going to go well or be a cluster flub? No, it's just going to be the return of The Fiend. So if you like it, you already know. I and mean, maybe The Fiend new character will be great. At least WWE stuck with the storyline. I respect it. Uh, Aram, did Brett screw Brett? No, Vince screwed Brett. Or who even cares? It's like 24 years ago, whatever it was. We've got to move on eventually. Jared says, upon your return to the ring, would you ever consider turning heel? And if so, you should have a signature eye poke called the cheap plug. You're the man, Miller. Keep doing you. Dude, I've been asking promoters for so long to go heel. And I get it. Like, everybody wants to be a heel. So if you do have people that can be easily... Uh, inserted baby faces that's what happens but absolutely i'll be a bad guy at some place some point soon and i bet it's the best thing ever james with the reach andrade fiasco which we forgot to talk about we'll do it now being fresh in the memory can you see other underused wwe talent asking for their release no because it doesn't work i think you've got to do a john moxie dean ambrose to get out of your contract just bide your time don't sign anything new and keep saying no and then leave as soon as you can um the andrade thing is crazy he talk about underutilized wrestlers that's one right there he did ask for his release it has been denied it doesn't it's just because they want to hold on to him because they know he can be a threat elsewhere yet they don't want to use him in the company which is such backwards thinking it's such a shame he i mean just go and watch his match with johnny gargano at nxt takeover which i think got five stars incredible talent a really good relationship when he was with Zelina vega thea trinidad I hope that he at least gets back on television soon because you don't want to be wasting away your best days, right? You want to be jumping on them and making it work. Uh, PC Briggs says, do you think Jim Connor and Vince Russo should have a laptop on a pole match when it keeps getting to be on social media? My friend, I do not talk about people that produce too much negativity into this world. And that's why I do not talk about Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. Adi Tier says, how do you think Daniel Bryan will fit into this year's WrestleMania plans? P.S. Hope your hand's better. Thank you. Yeah, I've broken my hand at the moment, hence why my shed is all over the place. I think he's going to be in a triple threat match and I think he's going to take the pinfall to keep the belt on Roman. Who pins him? I don't know. Maybe Edge does it. Oh, I can't know that. No, no, no. So, so Roman would have to beat Daniel, of course. That's how triple threats work, you moron. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Jonathan, for Big E, do you have a dream opponent? And if so, who is it? And someone's mentioned Goldberg. I would take Goldberg versus Big E. Just Goldberg versus Roman, because then he can win the Universal Championship. I'm desperate to see that over the next 12 months. Uh, Brandon, hey, Simon. Who do you think should be the one to take the NXT belt off of Finn Balor? Roderick Strong, I guess, to a certain point, but I don't think they'll do that. I would imagine Karrion Cross wins it. They still have huge plans for him. So, yeah, I think they'll stick to their, their original guns. Uh, original guns? Original uh, plans. Dylan says, hey, Simon, do you think we'll see Oscar and Shane at WrestleMania? Charlotte was absent last night on Raw. No, we definitely get Oscar versus Charlotte, so prepare yourself. Eleanor says, do you think Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton will actually have any wrestling, or will it just be a way for The Fiend to return? Yeah, definitely just The Fiend to return. You may get something, but WWE usually shies away from that. Uh, Tiona B says, can you remember the last time two black men headlined a pay-per-view before Impact Sacrifice? I haven't seen impact for years so not sure if this is a regular thing but it was awesome uh, it's a good question and you know what we should know this because it should be happening all the time but very sadly i can't think of i can't think of one and this is, goes back to the conversation we were having earlier we need more of this we absolutely need more of this and flipping out that was a five-star match as far as i was concerned moose versus rich swan got the golden up absolutely brilliant so much fun moose defied the laws of gravity at one point and hopefully we can do more of this absolutely representation push it further and people go Are you me? no it's important if you don't get it go ask somebody to tell you why it's important 
Uh, Bionic Elbow says, is WWE falling into the WCW trap, not promoting new talent, but focusing on older veterans? There was that article saying the only wrestler in the Royal Rumble under 30 was Otis. Have a great day, you bald a-hole. Well, I don't care about that to a certain degree. I don't care about the old guys still smashing it. I always compare it to football. Ronaldo, Messi, Ibrahimovic just returned to Sweden at 39 years old. So if you can still go, don't put people out to pasture. In fact, that was a mistake that WWE made with Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ric Flair, you know, when they went to WCW. Oh, they're they're past it. No, they still had stuff in the tank. But you do need to be pushing younger guys too. So yes, maybe the problem is we're not jumping on those guys. Andrade being a great point, but it doesn't. I don't think it's a one-stop shop. So you get rid of all the old guys. You find a perfect balance between the two. In my opinion, that's how you run a good wrestling company. And Matt says to finish off, you are managing the future of WWE. Who are you strapping a rocket to and and capital? A catapulting, sorry, to be the next face of the industry. Who is the next face that runs the place? That's such a hard thing because you don't know who's going to click, especially at the moment. But I would be pushing the likes of Drew. I'd be pushing the likes of Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'd be pushing the likes of Otis. I, I think Otis has something. doesn't matter what that something is. He makes me want to watch him. Oh, I really need a list in front of me when it comes to these kind of questions. I'm trying to think of the super young guys because, you know, Cesaro, we all know that story. And we've just mentioned Andrade. Angel Garza is somebody I push. Again, I think he has something to them. He's just, you know, he, there's an entertainment there. Damien Priest, although, again, he's like 38 years old, so I don't know whether he fits into that bracket. He's someone that just sort of needs to be thrown up the card right away because he can do it and make the most of him. There'll be so many people I've forgotten now and, I, and, I, and I'll kick myself. I'm desperately going through people to hope somebody just props up in my head. Cedric Alexander would be a guy, I think, you know, when you are done with the Hurt Business, you give him a proper run, he'll absolutely deliver. That guy knows what he's doing and I thought he was really good when he was doing his over-the-top celebration stuff so he can get that sports entertainment stuff down too. Oh, man. I'm going to have to get a list up. But there's a bunch of people, of course. There's a bunch of people. If I had a roster thing in front of me, I'd probably have to give you a better answer to that. But thank you, as always, for all the questions. I do appreciate it. Apologies if anything in this um, uh, episode makes no sense. It's because it was recorded over two days. Again, dealing with a crazy hand, dealing with a lot of stuff going on. But I am appreciative to the world for giving me such a bountiful and busy life. So, as always, Twitter, Instagram at SimonMiller316, patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316 if you want to support financially. I do appreciate anyone that does that. Simon Miller on YouTube, simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merchandise. I probably missed something. I always do. Give me five stars and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Let's get that algorithm working for us. We will be back um, probably next week now because, again, I've screwed up my week because <laughs> I'm an idiot. You can shout at the, the, the radio or your podcast device and like Miller you are such an idiot and you are 100% correct I am an idiot but I do all love you and I do appreciate your ears as weird as that sounds and I'll talk to you all again very soon